Welcome to the HealthLink Pridecast, the official LGBTQ health podcast of Centerlink. In each episode, we bring you news and ideas on key health topics, including stories for and by our network of 300 plus LGBTQ community centers. So let's get ready and learn lots. Hello, and welcome to our brand new HealthLink Pridecast. My name is Corey Pratton-Grincon. I use they, them, theirs pronouns, and I'm the director of health equity at Centerlink. If you recognize my voice, it's because for the past several years, I've hosted our previous podcast, which we called the LGBTQ Wellness Roundup. That was a weekly podcast focused on LGBTQ health news and research updates, but we've been doing a lot of thinking and planning here at Centerlink, and we've decided to move to a new format that will have um, about one or two episodes a month, and we're going to go much more in-depth into important health topics with more of a focus on, um, on LGBTQ community health. You may know that Centerlink is the community of LGBTQ centers. We have over 300 LGBTQ centers that are part of our network um, all over the U.S. and even abroad. And we really want to showcase more of the great work that we're doing, utilize that strong foundation we have in LGBTQ community health, and create a podcast with content that you're not going to hear anywhere else. We're going to have interviews, stories, and news for and by our community centers. So whether you are an LGBTQ person yourself, you work at a community center, or you have some other role um, where you're interested in LGBTQ community health, we hope that this podcast is going to be really useful and interesting for you. And we are very open to your feedback as we move into this new phase. So please feel free to contact us at healthlink.lgbtcenters.org if you have ideas for content that you think we should cover. For our first official podcast um, and this new format, we're really excited to welcome Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis, who serves as Deputy Coordinator of the White House National MPOX Response. As a physician, he's focused his work on underserved LGBTQ communities, and he's a leading national expert on this topic. MPOX, which was previously referred to as monkeypox, has thankfully seen a decline in cases since it hit its peak last summer. However, we are in the middle of Pride season. There uh, is a lot that we still need to know about MPOX, and many of us here in the LGBTQ community, we have big plans over the course of the summer beyond Pride. So after the interview, be sure to check out cdc.gov slash lgbthealth slash summer. I'm going to put that link in the podcast description again. You're going to find a ton of resources there, not just about MPOX, but all things related to LGBTQ health to keep in mind to have a fabulous summer, the one that you deserve. But without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis. Thanks so much for being here. We're really excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk about this as well. Great, great. Well, let's start out with with kind of the headline here. If you had to sum up the state of MPOX right now in one sentence, what would you say? Um, I think that cautious optimism um, with action to prevent resurgence and outbreak um, is what I think of MPOX right now. How's that? One sentence. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) uh, You know, if it's going to be on the Washington Post or something, they need to punch it up a little bit. By <laughs> sounds <laughs> it's good. very, very, uh, very good description to get us going here. Um, and now, having having uh, teased the audience with that, we can get into a little bit more detail. 
Um, so where do you think things are at today, kind of from an epidemiological perspective? Um, and what are you kind of either expecting or like keeping your eye on over the next couple months as we go through the summer? Great. No, thank you so much for that question. So I'll just give a quick overview. Um, so, you know, the, the outbreak of MPOX in the United States is about uh, a year and a month old at this point. And we have, we've had 30,487 cases reported in the U.S. to date. Um, when you look at the story of MPOX, um, we've had a really significant deceleration, so decrease in cases really over the last several months. But we have, you know, cases that happen. We have like one or two on average that are reported uh, per day in the United States. But that compares to the peak of over 400 cases reported at the highest uh, day on average. So, um, you know, definitely we've made a lot of progress. And so the, the good news is that um, all the work that's happened, all of the sort of community um, response, um, all of the work to get vaccine and testing on the ground and, and working and accessible, all of that I think has reaped some really significant benefits in that we see not a lot of cases. But you know where we are now is that we have forecasts. So think about it like the weather, right? Like so, we have a forecast of the weather, and it's a forecast of MPOX. And you know, unlike the weather. Um, if there's going to be a storm coming, there's nothing you can really do to stop the storm except for, you know, to prepare on, on the ground to make sure you're ready for it. So the forecast for MPOX is kind of like that, except that we actually have actions that we can take so that the forecast that tries to predict the future doesn't actually become our reality. So the forecasts say that, you know, we have to vaccinate more people and that if we don't, um, what could happen is that we could have outbreaks and in some circumstances, outbreaks that, you know, really come back to a level similar to what we had um, in you know, spring, summer 2022. So that's kind of where we are. Like we're, we're seeing like really, you know, favorable numbers in terms of what's happening. Like very few people are being diagnosed with MPOX now. Um, we have forecasts that say that we still have to do a, a job vaccinating people and that we have to finish the job of getting first and second doses. Um, and I think we are also at a place where because of all the work and the advocacy that happened, you know, we have the tools at hand to be able to control the outbreak. Great, great. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we're not uh, living in isolation either, right? So whatever is happening in other countries as well. You know, I'm sure that contributes to what could happen here. And um, I'm a New Englander myself, so I we know to take a forecast with a grain of salt and <laughs> right, prepare exactly. You have to be prepared for. So, like, you know, I I love to say one of my favorite people um, who I worked with when I was working in New York City Department of Health. Um, uh, Deanne Criswell, who's actually the head of FEMA now. I remember um, I, I said something I, about an outbreak and I said, I hope this doesn't happen. And she looked at me with this like lovely smile and she said, Dimitri, hope is not a planning assumption. And so that has been in my head ever since then. So we're, we have to plan for the storm coming, but we also know how to prevent the storm from coming. So that that I think is, is exciting. And uh, having lived in New England, I would take all forecasts with a grain of salt, especially when when you can do something about the future. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you don't wait to go get the shovels and stuff until it's snowing. So you um, got it. 
That that is the winning analogy. Maybe that one's good for the New York for the Washington Post or the New York Times. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. Like you don't sit around waiting to for the snow to get the shovel. Like you know, get ready. And so we have the way that we're we're ready to clear that path by making sure folks are adequately vaccinated. And so, kind of like building off of that point, then who should consider getting vaccinated for people who aren't already? And you know. We've kind of gotten used to this uh, annual COVID booster type mentality. So for folks who got vaccinated last year, when this was kind of at its peak, do they need to go and get um, vaccinated again this year? Great questions. So um, first, um, I'll remind everyone that this is a two-dose vaccine. So um, it is dose one, and then about 28 days later, dose two. Really important to note that it's never too late to get that second dose, even if it's beyond the 28 days. So that's the beginning. In terms of, of the who should be vaccinated, um, there's a couple of different categories. So first, anyone who has been exposed to someone with known MPOX, um, or if they've had uh, in the last two weeks, or if they had potential exposure at any time, those folks are like a slam dunk. So they need to get vaccinated. So that's actually sort of post-exposure prophylaxis. So vaccine after an exposure. For people who have not been exposed to MPOX, um, it's pretty straightforward who needs to get vaccinated. So if you have more than one sex partner um, or you have a history of sexually transmitted infections in the last six months and you're gay, you're gay, bisexual, other same gender loving or man who has sex with men, transgender individual um, or gender diverse individual with those characteristics, you should get vaccinated. If you have had um, sex at, uh, uh, at events or at sex parties, you should get vaccinated. If you're living with HIV and any of those things that I said are things that are in your life, then you need to get vaccinated and really prioritize your vaccine because HIV uh, can make MPOX worse. And any of the people who I've mentioned, their sex partners also qualify for a vaccine. And it's not just about the past. Um, it's about like what people are doing today and also what they intend to do on the in the future. So really, it's it's if you if you hear yourself in any of the things that I just said, the answer is get both doses of vaccine. And I'll, I'll say that also leads to the second part of your question, which is, is there a need for revaccination? And, you know, at this time, there is no recommendation um, if you've gotten the two dose vaccine that you may require a second, uh, an additional dose. So two doses will do you for now. But obviously, we're learning about the science. And if that changes, we'll obviously update what our recommendations are. Great, great. Well, that'll make it a little simpler for folks that did take care of it last year. Um, and I think really good advice, you know, getting back to that theme of like preparation. So, you know, if you're not quite sure what your summer may have in store for you with some of these different factors to consider, it sounds like it's better better off to go ahead and, and get vaccinated rather than, you know, rather than not doing so. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to highlight that, you know, those, those, you know, lists of things, those are some people's really good time. And so if you think that your good time could involve any of this stuff, there's no harm in getting vaccinated. The vaccine is safe and the effectiveness is really high. So um, it's, you know, it really speaks to the fact that like, if any of this resonates, if you're listening to my voice <laughs> and any of this resonates, don't think about it. Just go get the vaccine. You're good to go. You don't have to talk about your, about your sex life or your gender identity to get it. Just go where the vaccine is offered and ask for it. And that's enough to get um, those doses in your arm, shoulder, or back, which is where it can go now. 
And I mean, it's it's no surprise to me because I I know you know you've been you've been at this for a while now, and and I've heard you speak a lot of times. But it is really nice to hear the kind of sex positivity, and you know, for folks to know that this isn't about um, there being something you know wrong with their choices, or you know that that makes them risky. As we've sometimes seen messaging in the past, you know, it's just about taking control and taking ownership over you know how you live your life. Right. Uh, I mean, and you'll notice that I really, you know, I don't know, very purposely don't ever call anyone high risk. Like yeah, yeah. some people's idea of a, a, of a risky Friday night is another person's idea of a great Friday night. And so like the sort of assigning risk to some, to a human or to a specific be- behavior, it's really sort of dodgy territory because really it's, it's, it's how you can like live the life that you want to live, have the sex life that you want to have in a way that really, uh, you know, is, is, is as maximally safe as we can make it using all of the various tools that we've got. And, you know, different folks, well, different strokes for different folks. Like, you know, this is not just about MPOX, like for HIV, like some people like condoms, some people like pre-exposure prophylaxis, people living with HIV, if they're on treatment, don't transmit HIV. So there's all these like different strategies that we have that really is about meeting folks where they are. And one good way to not meet folks where they are is to call what they're doing wrong. And so quite certainly in this response, we are not calling any of this wrong. We're just encouraging folks to make informed decisions about their path. Excellent. Yeah. And, and kind of, you know, to that point, is there anything else folks should be thinking about, you know, within, you know, supporting and, and like affirming their choices, but anything else that folks should be thinking about to kind of take precautions, um, you know, beyond getting vaccinated, especially with us being in pride season and in the summer. Um, So, you know, folks want to be out, they want to be living their lives, they want to be celebrating, but anything that they should kind of consider as far as um, additional precautions to take. Yeah, a great question. So I kind of think of a sort of holistic toolkit. Um, when you're looking at MPOX and vaccine is definitely like a really important tool in the toolkit. But another important tool is testing. And so if someone doesn't feel well, if they have a rash or a sore, um, definitely get tested for other things as well. So other sexually transmitted infections, but also for MPOX. And that's regardless of prior vaccination or if you've had MPOX in the past. So again, though the vaccine is really good, Um, it may not always prevent infection. What's important to say is that when it doesn't prevent infection, it actually makes the disease a lot milder. So that's why I sort of raise that into consciousness here and say, even if you have a little rash or a little sore that you don't understand and you've been vaccinated or or have had MPOX before, totally worth the drive-by to get a test to make sure that it's not MPOX. And I think that the third tool in the toolkit so we've got vaccine number one, testing number two. Number three is what we've been talking about, like really using the knowledge that we have about MPOX so that folks are informed about how it's transmitted and that that really lets them make informed decisions about their sex life. So I think, you know, knowing that MPOX is usually transmitted sort of in the context of sexual sex or intimacy um, it it seems to map toward scenarios where you may have more anonymous or or potentially uh, more than one partner, like certain types of venues. That doesn't say that you don't use those venues or you don't have um, the sex partners that you want, but just it's important to be aware um, that that's how what we think about with MPOX and that you do all the things that you can do to optimize um, your life and your sex life and social life so that it makes sense for you while really taking as much precaution as possible to prevent MPOX. 
Yeah, I think Go that's to- a really good. Sorry, continue. No, no, you're, no, that's my that's my toolkit. But then, like, I, I'd love to talk more after you ask me your next question about the fact that that's not the only thing that we need to have in our toolkit for summer. So I'll let you go first. Then I want to talk about all, a couple of the other things that we should think about. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really helpful. And I I was just gonna you know say that I think it helps me to kind of you know frame it that um, it's really about helping you know, not restricting people's choices, um, but really helping them so that they are making, uh, you know, a real choice where they're informed about, um, you know, any, any potential risks and whatnot. And, um, you know, that they're able to kind of do that with the knowledge that they deserve to have. And that, you know, from there, they're able to make their own choice. Totally. hundred percent agree with you. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, some other things to be thinking about for the summer. Great. No, thank you. So I think, you know, we, we, I really think about MPOX as like something that doesn't live in isolation. Uh, it, it interacts with so many other things. I mean, we, we know from the experience of MPOX in the U.S. and the world that uh, people with HIV who are out of care, who aren't taking HIV medicines and whose T cells are low, they can have some really severe outcomes of MPOX. So I think that really putting HIV testing, treatment, and prevention on the list of what people need to do for the summer is really great. So like, you know, get get sort of up to date with your testing. That includes HIV. If, you're, if you do not have HIV, consider pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP. If you do have HIV, um, it is an amazingly creative moment in your life to find that information out. It really allows you to take steps to improve your health. And that means going on medicines that pre- pre- that prevents um, you know HIV from uh, progressing um, and the complications, but also prevents uh, sexual transmission of HIV to others. So when I think HIV, I automatically think other sexually transmitted infections. So think about getting tested for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. And then also think about all the other vaccines that you may need. And that, you know, isn't just limited to sexual health. So think about, am I up to date on my HPV vaccine? Am I up to date on my meningococcal or meningitis vaccine? Uh, Am I up to date on my COVID vaccine? So COVID is still there. And so making sure that you're up to date is great. Then I think the other components for me is like, just, you know, be aware of what's going on if you're traveling. Like there's great resources uh, around travel. We have a a, a Get Ready for Summer website, actually, that uh, at the CDC that features traveler's health. And then lastly, um, you know, even though one, you may not use drugs, um, you may be around people who are using drugs. And we know that fentanyl is such a real problem in the U.S., with overdoses really just skyrocketing, um, it's really important to know uh, what needs to be done to recognize and to prevent overdose. And so we have all that on one website, which we'd love to share, that really talks about all the strategies, including, you know, using the lock zone uh, and overdose and all the things. So it's really about like, you know, take a holistic picture of the things that you need. Think about like your your circumstance, where you're going, what you're going to be involved in. And, you know, I think it's it's not about not having fun. It's about having a great amount of fun and protecting your health while you do it. That's great. And I mean, I think I often hear, you know, complaints from folks in the community and those who work with them about uh, some interventions being too narrowly targeted, you know, and and not really thinking about people's um, holistic health. So I think, you know, thinking about this in terms of your overall health and your needs and what you do to take care of yourself um, is a is a good approach that I hope will resonate with people. 
Yeah. I mean, I think overdose is another really good example here, not to talk about that for too long, but like it's, it's about your health, but also about like, you know, we LGBTQ folks, like we watch out for each other. Like we have a very, you know, we, we've gone through a lot. We have muscle memory from so many things that have happened to us, uh, not just health wise, but also just sort of from the perspective of, of where we live and, and sort of, you know, what, what's happening in the country right now. And so, you know, this is just a component of like, take care of you and then take care of your friends and, and your, and your chosen family. Family. And it's just so powerful for me to sort of be able to say like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we can really do to support our health and, you know, really ensure that we thrive while we celebrate our, our pride month and our season of pride that we're get, going into. And, you know, I was, I was going to ask you this a little bit later, but it kind of makes me think um, that I've heard a little bit about this um, equity 2.0 uh, pilot that you're running. Yeah. Um, that's kind of focused on this, you know, incorporates this idea of like holistic health, taking care of yourself and also addressing some of the inequities that we've seen. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So um, it's sort of, well, I'll start by saying that there's a lot of work that has been going on and will continue to go on sort of in routine healthcare settings to make sure that people have access to testing and vaccine in a more equitable way. So this equity 2.0 intervention, it's actually based on equity 1.0. Imagine that. <laughs> equity 1.0 was um, last uh, spring and summer, we launched um, a, a couple of well interventions where we were able to get vaccine to, you know, really big and then sometimes not so big um, events that really focus on the queer community, the LGBTQ community, specifically those who could benefit from uh, from MPOX vaccination. Um, and we learned a lot by doing it. And one of the things that we learned is that um, if you bring vaccine to events that are really focused specifically on black and brown people within our community, a lot of black and brown people will take their will, will get vaccinated. And so um, as we look at the numbers and the equity on vaccine in the US, we definitely see that like black and Latino individuals are underrepresented in vaccine and overrepresented in cases. And so equity 2.0 is, um, is really focused on identifying uh, a small number, not like, you know, like probably around like 25 to 30 events around the country that really are magnet events that bring folks in, uh, events that really focus on the communities that um, are overrepresented in the infection and underrepresented in vaccine, and then says, what happens if we put together a more holistic package where MPOX is just a part of the story? And we also have like HIV, STI, harm reduction services, mental health services, housing. Really what happens if we put it into one big mosh and then like let people as they sort of go about their experience with these events, like, you know, if they want to engage, see if there are any services or strategies that may work for them there. And so, you know, we, we're literally on the, you know, we, we've started putting it together. We've been doing it kind of unofficially with some events um, that we've uh, that we've worked with, which have been great, but we're going to be doing it in a bigger way, really across all government, not just health, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and, you know, beyond what you're doing there, um, we have, you know, a lot of folks who, who are working with community centers um, who um, are our listeners here. Um, we have Centerlink has over 300 um, members, uh, member centers around the country, you know, beyond what you're doing um, with, with all of our centers kind of participating in Pride and having other things going on, um, for those who are listening, who, who are working at a center, volunteering at one, what's, 
you know, what are some things that they can be thinking about to support their community, um, you know, with respect to MPOX? Great. I think one really easy thing is, um, you know, I think people really look at at, um, at community centers um, for so much of their messaging and their and they trust the, the community centers and it's such an important part of, of this response and frankly any response that touches our community. So I think that like you know being aware of MPOX resources, but then also potentially even linking to some of the online resources that we've created that focus on the summer um, would be a really great way for folks to get the word out. So I think you know we made it pretty straightforward to find out where vaccine is, and again like sort of thinking about about are there events that as a center we can partner with and are there and, and are there like potentially sort of medical providers that may be giving vaccine where we can partner with them and see if we can do things together so i think it's you know just the most important thing i think for folks at community centers is to know that mpox is still here and that it's not over and so if we really want to uh, protect the health of our community. We really have to focus on that whole toolkit. Um, and I feel like as trusted messengers to the community, as people who are trusted in organizations that are trusted, like what you all say changes the world. And so um, I think that's my message to them. I think, yeah, I mean, and, and we know that our, our centers have a lot going on, um, many of them now more than ever and the climates that they find themselves you know, so I think um, folks should check out all of the resources that you have because there really is a lot out there um, that's you know pretty much uh, ready to be to be you know shared um, on social media or you know posted around the center. Um, you've done a lot of the work um, for folks, so we know that they're you know often under resourced. The staffs are working incredibly hard, um, but you know there's quite a bit out there to support them, um, which is really nice. Thank you. I mean, we really tried to make it plug and play, really. So like, instead of you going like, oh, I want to figure out where people can get their HIV STI resources, where they can learn about traveler's health, where they can learn about overdose, where they can find their MPOX vaccine, we really designed it to be a one-stop location, like a little information hub. And so, yeah, the answer is like, you know, send it out to social media, um, you know, link it on your website, post it on your website. We've seen a lot of folks doing it. It's just a really easy way to communicate how folks can get summer ready. And, you know, is there anything that you've seen kind of beyond, you know, using some of these tried and true measures, um, the, the plug and play kind of stuff, anything that you've seen that's like really innovative or kind of different that you've seen coming out of communities to address um, MPOX? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... So much of what we're launching um, with our equity intervention, our, our second round of it, is based on what we've seen places that we're like inspired by. So we've seen them sort of say, you know, we're going to put at, you know, this event, we're going to put like a wellness like section and it's going to be like facials and massages and like you know, nails and hair. And like, then there's also MPOX vaccines and you can do like HIV testing or get an HIV testing kit to take home with you. And, you know, there's, there's naloxone that you can use for overdose. So, so much of what we're doing is really inspired by what we, what we saw and thought was su super innovative, which is, you know, making, you know, like supporting some resources when people are like connected to the community that really address like not just one thing, but a lot of things in their lives. So I think, I think that's the answer. Like we've been really looking at these innovative strategies and trying to take out sort of the, be the best lessons and the best practices so that we can really help uh, places do the same. And kind of related to that, um, you know, my, my, my last question for you is really, 
looking at all these strategies, looking at, you know, some of these, these best practices and stuff that's come out. Um, are there anything, um, any things that you think coming out, um, working, well, working through first through and hopefully out of MPOX, um, are there things that you think that LGBTQ communities and those um, within these different systems who are engaging with us that you kind of want to see um, stick, you know, moving forward, kind of like we saw um, with COVID where, you know, there was a, a lot that happened where, you know, it kind of to go back to the forecast analogy, um, we may not have known that COVID was coming, but a lot of the, the stuff that ended up happening in terms of engaging communities, helping with health literacy, addressing equity, um, you know, could have really happened happened before and hopefully is not going to go away um, now that, you know, the cases are down. So anything that you think, um, you know, we need to be looking at long term as far as not uh, not throwing it out as soon as, you know, the numbers go down or, or we say, OK, MPOX is you know no longer a concern. Yeah, I mean, I think that so much of it has to do with. I mean, there's there's a lot of things like I could sort of go through, you know, ways that we accelerated getting vaccined, ways that we accelerated getting testing. But that's like that that's sort of on the response side of the universe. I think that sort of in the real day to day part, it's that like these relationships that we're all building that are really, you know, generated because of a need are relationships that we should maintain. So, I mean, I'll tell you a really good, a good story that that this reminds me of, which is. Um, I had you know the opportunity to speak to folks who were learning about how to do emergency responses. And like I, I got to the session early and I, I got to sit through the people who were the main responders for the um, Boston Marathon bombing. And um, the the guy who was the chief of police, they said, gee, you know, your response is so coordinated. Like what happened? He's like, well, it's because Boston has great sports teams. So we were like, I don't even know, what is he talking about? And he's like, it's because we have so many great sports teams that have won so many championships that um, we've had lots of ticker tape parades. And so I, so I know everyone who is a part of these sort of large event responses. And so when I had like an emergency like this, I just called my friends. And so I feel like, you know, things like Centerlink, like the work that you do, the fact that you all have like connectivity that is, you know, really into the community and beyond, like really um, thinking about those as not only like nice things to have, but but critical things to maintain, because like that's how we motivate effort and that's how we motivate change. So I would say that, you know, and, and I think that the from the federal government perspective, I think that that's also so what we're thinking. So, you know, we're we're looking at these equity interventions, not for MPOX as an example, but like if they work, we should just keep doing them. Like it's not something that we should go, that should go away. And so, like, I think that's my, that's the message, like that lesson from the marathon bombing, I think, is our lesson here, too, which is like, don't let the the relationships go away. If you're like talking to people who like run events in your area, like if you're talking to folks that have potentially like more sex focused events, these are people that you keep close as part of the family to make sure that we're able to work together in a way that is ready for any challenges that we may have in the future. Yeah, I think that's so important. I was at a, a conference this week where someone said, you know, we can't wait until there's, um, you know, the need for public health folks to engage with communities to start to build the trust, right? We have to have that that kind of um, 
I don't know how to describe it, but that that kind of almost like emotional infrastructure in place, right? Where where there's just this kind of 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 trust in the people that you're working with. There are the relationships there. So even beyond some of the more technical components, I think just maintaining the relationships, maintaining the engagement and the outreach, you know, should be something that's ongoing so that whatever the next thing is, because it's it's always a matter of um, there's always the next thing. Is. Yeah, exactly. There's always uh-huh. the next thing. Yeah, no, there's, unfortunately, you know, that's, that's just the nature of, of the world. So, you know, if, if, if that kind of stuff can be, can be done on an ongoing basis, um, I think that's how, you know, there's, there's real authentic engagement and you have those partnerships, not only for the emergencies, but also just long-term, you know, preventive health. So I think it's really, um, you know, the right attitude for, for us to all have um, as we work our way through this. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Well, we're at the end of my questions. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to work in before we wrap up? Yeah, maybe like my only, I'll just sort of state again, you know, there's a, there's a toolkit that we use to prevent MPOX and, and really frontline for us along with testing and, and good knowledge is vaccines. So, you know, really um, it is effective. It's safe. If you haven't gotten dose one, get it. And if you haven't gotten the second dose, it's never too late. So that I think is my, my, my sort of, you know, number one message along with, you know, just get summer ready. We have a lot of resources and, and if you're summer ready, you're ready for the year too. So it's good news. Yeah, totally true. And, and, you know, I, I mean, we're, we're kind of, we're in the middle of, of quote unquote pride month here, but really um, it's, it's pride all year round for a lot of us um, and right. certainly all summer long. So you know, it's definitely not uh, not too late for folks to be thinking about this and, um, you know, and planning ahead so that they can really enjoy their summer without having to worry so much um, about these unknowns. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much to you as well. Well, thanks so much once again to Dr. Daskalakis for visiting us. And before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to share just a couple of cool examples of some of the things our LGBTQ community centers have done to address MPOX in their communities. Great Lakes Bay Pride of Michigan created a regional MPOX task force that combined health departments from different counties, as well as other organizations, to together coordinate their messaging to LGBTQ folks in the region. That was the largest partnership of its kind in the state, and they did some really great work. Meanwhile, in Ventura County, California, the Diversity Collective played a key role of getting the MPOX vaccine to those who needed it, including vaccinating between 400 and 500 people in one day during Pride. Although personally, if I was around during that time, I would have gone to the clinic they had a little bit later in the summer where they had a radio station and a taco truck. They were already combining HIV services, COVID-19 stuff with MPOX. When you throw in tacos, that's like half of what I need to be well in my life personally. And finally, the Rockland Community Pride Center in New York leveraged what they had learned about COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy in the LGBTQ community. They combined that, you know, with with their knowledge of the community's kind of emerging concerns around MPOX, and they were able to address a lot of the concerns that folks had about getting vaccinated so that they could increase demand as well as access. They said it was really important to their clients that they'd be able to get vaccinated somewhere that they knew would treat them with respect which, you know, their their pride center was probably, you know, one of the few organizations in the area that can, that can boast that, right? Because we know that our LGBTQ community centers, sometimes that's the only game in town. Um, so uh, really important work that our centers have done throughout um, the MPOX epidemic 
and really looking forward to seeing them continue to be leaders in that field um, as hopefully, you know, the, the epidemic um, is addressed and, and can, can eventually go away. But for right now, we've got to stay vigilant. With that little PSA, I want to remind you to visit cdc.gov slash LGBT health slash summer if you want to learn more about how to protect yourself while doing you this summer. If you want to learn more about our podcast and about HealthLink generally, you can visit lgbthealthlink.org. And final pitch, if you are not already subscribed to our podcast, please make sure that you do so. We have a new episode coming out uh, in less than two weeks that's going to be looking at improving LGBTQ health research through the All of Us Research Program. You're not going to want to miss that or any of the other content we have planned for you, so please do make sure you subscribe. Until next time, I'm Corey Prackney and Crincone for Centerlink. Stay well.